landscape photography world, a podcast for everyone passionate about landscape photography. I'm Grant Swinburne and I'll be your host on this show talking to landscape photographers about their motivations, likes and dislikes. This podcast is sponsored by Syncback Pro, the professional photographer's tool to keep your images safe. How safe are your photographs? Or to put it this way, how would you feel if you permanently lost some or even all of them? The fact is, there are very real risks in storing your digital images on a hard drive, even if they're backed up to an external device. There's ransomware, hardware failure, file corruption, virus infection, and even accidental deletion or destruction. Syncback Pro makes this problem go away, permanently. Syncback Pro is the professional photographer's tool to back up photographs, images, documents, and data files. Once set up, it keeps your files safe, quietly, and reliably in the background. So if problems occur or disaster strikes, you'll have nothing to worry about. Your photographs will be safe. Which is why it's also the backup solution that I use myself for my own photographs. Take advantage of an exclusive 25% discount today by going to www.backup.sg. This software will never expire, meaning your photographs are safe forever. That's www.backup.sg. Give your photographs the protection they deserve. Jordan Ingley is a photographer, filmmaker and educator based in Portland, Oregon, whose true passion is landscape and nature photography. When Jordan isn't chasing light, he works professionally in touring and corporate live events as a director, camera operator and video engineer. For the best part of a decade, he's been exploring the wild beauty of nature through landscape and nature photography, creating images that bend the mind and touch the soul. We discuss his strong links between music and photography, how he uses landscape photography to relax from his full-time work in concert and events, and his use of flow state to slow down when he's in the field and much, much more. I hope you enjoy the show. G'day, Jordan. Welcome to Landscape Photography World. How are you going? Hey, Grant. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate you uh, yeah, taking the time to hang out and talk with me, man. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. That That's good to hear. It's brilliant to catch up with you. I've been following you for a little while and there's uh, plenty to talk about, which we'll get into. Let's start, though, with how you got into photography and how you fell into landscape photography, how that, how that bug bit. <laughs> Man, um, what's funny is I was kind of just thinking about this conversation we were going to have today. And, and I started to kind of like write out a little bit just to give myself some notes. And I realized oh. I've been out of high school for 20 years now. Wow. Um, I, you know, I'm sure you know that feeling. And I'm like, geez, like, it's been a minute. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been uh, a little bit longer for me. It's uh, yeah. uh, probably, probably yeah. coming up for 35 years, I think. Something like I know, man, it's crazy. But it's, it's you know, it's good to reflect upon those things sometimes because, like, we, we're all on our path. <laughs> and, like, um, thinking about, like, how I'm kind of here and why I'm here, like, I... I've always been behind a camera. Like I grew up in a house that was very technologically savvy in the eighties and nineties. Sure. My parents, my parents always had cameras in the house. We had video cameras and VHS and beta cam and Polaroids. And I used to, um, used to run around with the Polaroid camera all the time and, and take pictures of random things. And, and it kind of like, what's interesting is like, I, I, 
I really found the the art of it in college and mm -hmm. it's kind of then where like um my life kind of fell into like realizing I could use computers to make art and I always knew I always knew that I wanted to make art but I was just a horrible horrible drawer illustrator and so, at the time there there wasn't a lot a lot more than that you know um and just kind of photography had always kind of been there but mm -hmm. my main what really got me behind the camera um at first was like videography and video production film production okay. and I went ended up majoring in that in college and kind of um took that with me into like my first sort of career of like starting to film mainly bands and music okay um, yep. and music was like is and will always be also a major thread in my life um, mm. and music took kind of like when i got out of school um i started teaching music lessons at a music store and that's where i started meeting musicians and gaining con connections to starting to also like take photos and videos oh, and sure. Um, and that kind of took me, like, I ended up after school, I moved from New York on the East coast of the States to, uh, Oregon mm -hmm. and, um, I moved out in 2007, geez, 2007 right. now. Yep. Um, and that, that experience of coming out here and seeing like a totally different landscape, um, and it's i'm super blessed to be kind of like i live in a place that people uh come here to be tourists to you know like my yeah, backyard yeah. is filled of like things like this and around me you know yep um and i'm you know that process of kind of like moving into more of a natural wild area and then music kind of like took me down the path of photography um and really I spent, um, I, I like, I was like a gigging musician and taking photos for about five or six years. And mm -hmm. in 2010, um, I got together with a group of people and we started doing live streaming of concerts and multi-track right. audio recording. Um, and this was like 2010, like nobody was even, even thinking about streaming at the time. Yeah. It was a pretty um, rare thing in 2010. Yeah. 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 And even then it was like Spotify was just coming out. So the idea of streaming audio was, you know, before our time. And um, it was one of those situations that gave me a lot of experience with camera systems and streaming and mixing audio. And yeah. I was taking photos and doing all the social media at the time. And um, as that, that uh, startup kind of fell apart, I found myself working, I got myself a job at a local, venue in town that does corporate and large-scale events mm. and shifted um, my work life into doing uh, more corporate stuff. So um, things like uh, large conferences and you know, awards dinners and, um, you know, all sorts of things in between. Yeah, and yeah. that kind of like took the load off of me trying to do freelance video and photo work. Yep. And that's when I kind of settled more into doing photography as an art form. It's like mm -hmm. I had that opportunity to like, okay, the, the time behind the screen was now for me and not for somebody else. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so, and even at that time I was still mainly shooting concerts and then like dabbling in, in more nature photography. Um, and 
you know, I love shooting concerts. I think it, it taught me a lot about reading light. Yeah. Uh, taught me, taught me a lot about reading people's expressions, um, mm -hmm. taught me how to avoid people at popular lookouts because I had to dodge drunk people, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, at, <laughs> at music venues. Um, okay. it taught me a lot, but once I, once I kind of started seeing nature photography work that was more, I don't know, exciting to me, um, mm -hmm. more magical, more, uh, you know, out of this world. Um, yeah, yeah. that's, I think that's what drew me even more from like shooting concerts to really honing in on like a, uh, you know, a passion I had with the camera mm. and uh, in terms of like nature stuff. And at that point in my life, this is like 2016 or so, um, my, I, you know, in real life career of, of like live production, I kind of settled into, uh, becoming a, like a video director and I was yep. doing video systems, camera operation, uh, doing a lot of like led screens and projection. And, and that part of my life was really taking off. Um, mm -hmm. and that's what kind of just made me kind of not do concert work anymore because I was constantly around thousands of people. Like at that point, um, the shows we were doing could be massive and they could be week long. And, um, I started freelancing on the side doing that work too. And oh. it eventually actually took over. Like I left this job I was at for five years and went a hundred percent freelance yeah, yeah. Live, live events. Um, it was the, it was, uh, where, where are we now? 2017. Um, and that's kind of like when really when nature photography hit for me it was 2017 mm. uh, and kind of the beginning of this story, you know, this chapter. Yeah. Okay. Let's delve into nature, I guess. What is it about that that makes you, you know, it, how, how is it that doing that makes you feel good? Cause for me, and from a lot of the people that I talk to, that's the reason why they do it. You know, it's a, either a mental health thing or a physical health thing. They, they, they're doing hiking and the photography started off as a thing on the side and now it becomes the reason for the hike. Um, what is it to you? Well, man, um, I, I think, I think what it, it became a, like a therapeutic thing for me, like it, it mm -hmm. became, So basically, like, <clears throat> let me start that over. Um, uh, nature became a therapeutic thing for me because it gave me an opportunity to be like alone, you know, yeah. like um, away from people. Like, I hate to say it, like I work in live events, but I, I'm, I'm one of those people that can, like, I'm like introverted and extroverted where I can function in those places, but it drains me. And yeah. photography has always been a way for me to recharge. Yeah. And um, I've always been drawn to nature. And once I like was able to connect like my love of nature and then creating something, um, mm -hmm. I think that's what made like clicked for me. And I think the being, you know, being in a place where um, at the time I was starting to travel a lot with freelancing my work and I would, I had opportunities to like extend my trip or change my flight a couple extra yep. days. 
So like I find myself in Las Vegas quite often because there's a lot of corporate work down there um, or like live event work. Yeah, so yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'll tack on a couple extra days and go to Death Valley. Or if I'm down in San Francisco, I could go down to Big Sur, or, mm-hmm. you know, explore Santa Cruz coast. And um, so I, I, I leverage those opportunities. And I think that like photography, you know, is and was always an opportunity for me to do something for myself and to yeah, like, right. have some self-care you know, mm-hmm. um, through all that. And I still juggle because there is uh, being a professional full-time photographer is, is a big deal. You know, like you do anything yeah. full-time um, it means it's your job. And I've yeah. been self-employed now for uh, geez, you know, six years um, freelancing and doing side work for lots of years. And anytime any of this stuff, it becomes like all you do it becomes a lot harder to have like passion for it. So yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so like, yeah, it's, it's been a big part of my life. Um, I think, you know, photography's like music, like I'll never sell my guitar, but I'll never sell my camera either. Mm. Um, I've hit a point where photography has fulfilled like the creative part of me and a passion part of me and a natural part of me. And, you know, it allows me to connect to nature better and, yeah yeah um it's really such a magical like um art form hobby career path i mean it's i love photography man yeah fair fair enough what is it i guess that makes you want to do it do you set yourself goals do you have projects or is it just that relaxation okay it's time to decompress i've I've been under under a bit of pressure over here in my life, and I need to just get out there and uh, and, and go and do something for myself. I think I've drawn like when I reflect upon it, and I look back at my work and like what I'm what I'm like into, you know, what I vibe yeah. with, and it's I'm drawn to the same reason why I like live events, and it's like the big show. Yeah, um, I'm a I I'm not what you would call like a quiet photographer. Uh-huh. Um, my work is not not quiet and i love quiet work whatever you want to call that i think i know what you mean you know what i mean um but, and that's but, great but less, but, less vibrant less impactful less ah, yeah. Or, yeah it can still be all those things and still not what i do right yeah. <laughs> so yeah. but i i love um like for me it's the big show it's it's and it doesn't need to be just like you know purple pink skies and crazy clouds it needs to like be vibrant and hits you it needs to be visceral um it needs to have something that like gets you you know yeah Um, and for me it's like nature uh natural nature is so beautiful and it could be captured naturally and and still be beautiful Mm -hmm. but what's unique to me is like my eye and how I feel like um, I love using the camera system and the lensing and those tools to create something that is like magical and, 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 and different and unique. Um, But as natural as I can, you know, I'm not really a compositor, but I, I do use like, you know, wide, wide angle lenses to distort things. I use, really high telephoto lenses to compress things. So 
Um, but I, I, I don't know something like, I, I kind of just want to give like the spotlight to nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and sometimes you to do that, you got to light her up well and, and, you know, put the lipstick on the proverbial pig, um, <laughs> bring it into Photoshop and, you know, uh, paint some happy trees. <laughs> I'm going to use how, how many more alliterations or whatever can I use there? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, kind kind of. I guess what I'm interested in is: do you do a lot of planning on your shoots, or do you? Yeah, do, I mean, um, it's been it's been a it's been a. Um, I'd say that I used to, um, and it's been a d different ride. Like the last couple years in my photography journey's been uh, diff like um, less of that. Uh, but I, I, I used to, I used to plan all the time and now I feel like it's about when it feels right, um, yeah. to go out and shoot, you know, yep. um, though I'm, I'm still planning. Um, and I'll, I'll say that like, I catch myself over planning sometimes or getting super stressed out. I think, uh -huh. I think that's the main thing is, is managing anxiety yeah. <laughs> and like, like, you know, you've been out, you're like, oh God. What does the one app say? You know, what does this other app say? Oh, yep, but the lights yep. over there. Yeah. Um, am I at the right point? Oh God, yeah. what's over there? And um, the sun's that, coming that, up, but there's a big bank of cloud on the horizon that's not forecast, etc. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I, I've I've kind of prodded myself over the years to like, you know, take advantage of what you have when you're out there. Um, sometimes that's not shooting. You know, I, I have gotten to um, working on that Zen photographer of like sometimes i don't take my camera out you know um but i i won't sometimes sure. but i also find that like you you learn to eventually take advantage of of whatever you have when you're at a place sometimes and if you can walk yeah. away with images you're proud of even if the sky isn't exploding or the waves aren't crashing um that's that's growth as a photographer um, yeah yeah so, so being able to take a, a shot in any kind of conditions is kind of where I see a photographer's growth getting to the point where they're okay, they're now maturing as a photographer. Exactly. And like like any skill um that you want to learn, you have to have resistance, right? Like yeah. you have to practice and you have mm. to be put in uncomfortable situations. Exactly. Um and you know, teaching music years ago, it's the same idea. If you're, you know, you're, you know, you want to practice something slow and get faster and faster and faster, and mm -hmm. you need to practice your scales and you know all of that. Or if you if you work out, you know, you're adding weight constantly. So yep. you know, getting over like being bummed about bad conditions or something not being 100% right, and focusing on like challenging yourself as a photographer. Um, is going to go miles and that's going to you know, really make you grow and get better, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, but for planning, um, you know, I do, I do find that, you know, if it is nightscapes, there's a lot more planning to it. Um, yeah. I keep an eye, if you want to line that Milky way up, you, you got to know where it's going to be at what time. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's one of those like genres I've shot a lot of, but I don't, shoot much anymore i um it's more of just sure you know there's there's lots of um 
pros and cons of shooting night skips, but um, I like, I love them, but it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those more technical ones. And I, I've been finding naturally that, yeah, the more I have to plan that stuff, the less of it being a therapeutic and like mm. rejuvenating experience for me. Um, yeah, I get that. Yeah. In, in terms of going into that, into the field with that concept and then sort of, coming away disappointed that you didn't quite get the conditions or, you know, you were, you were doing an astro shoot and the, uh, and the clouds came over and you just had, you know, uh, foggy conditions, for example. How do you deal with that disappointment where you have actually made that plan, you've got that image in your mind? Is it, oh, I'll, I'll come back next time and, you know, that, that's it? Or do you, how, I guess, how do you deal with it? I think nowadays, nowadays I, I push myself to come to find other images, mm. other, you know, other photos to be made. Um, I also like try to uh, uh, like enjoy being in nature too, like enjoy just being on the edge of the lake, you know, overlooking the thing, you know, hearing the waves, whatever it is. Yep. Um, that's a harder one, of course, especially if you're like spending money and time traveling you know you're it's the first time to iceland and it's just rainy the whole time you know whatever you know i get it yeah, yeah. um that's it's a oh that's a hard one to deal with but ah oh, man um i feel again that like i just i try to find other images i can shoot um you know pull out a different lens um if it's like a nightscape thing like what you're talking about there's other opportunities to be had if there's clouds moving in the sky yeah. I like to do a lot of um, low-level lighting, so sure, you know, clouds sure. and other things can give you other opportunities to mm. light it differently or do something like that. Um, and then there's always the, oh, well, I remember this spot. This was a scouting mission. I'm just going to, you know, have a beverage and enjoy myself and um, come back next time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that enjoyment of nature is is one of the skills that and I, I i call it a skill because it's something that you can learn because there's a lot of people that wander through natural environments and to, to me i can't see how they can be enjoying it because they're walking around with their nose in their phone or they're walking around with a, a boombox listening to you know thrash metal or whatever it is that they're listening to and <laughs> you kind of go or even or even their faces behind their camera the whole time. Yeah, you know, like exactly. I mean, it can be just as bad if you're staring through your wide angle and you're at absolutely the most beautiful yeah. viewpoint ever. Yeah. Right? They're, they're yeah. spending more time behind the camera than they are actually in, enjoying themselves. And to me, as I say, it's a, it's a skill that's learned. How have you sort of developed that skill for yourself? <laughs> well, I was just thinking as you were saying that that I'm just again, very blessed to live in Oregon. Yeah, uh, because living in a nice place like that helps. Yeah, I, I, Because, I mean, my office, I can see um, the west side of Portland, so I can tell. Mm -hmm. I open my window, I can see if the clouds are forming or if we're going to get some light. Um, sure, sure. And even here in Portland, there's we have a west hill, so I have a couple spots where even if it's like I can just five, 10 minutes down the road, be on oh. like a little, on a little river with some foliage and a nice view that I shoot regularly as like 
like my little just go to yeah. spot. But so trying to, you know, I'd be I'd be remiss if I was like, oh, it's really easy. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, man, uh, because I live here. But yeah. I, I feel like it's um like we said, right, it's it's sometimes putting the electronics away and just being in that moment. Mm. And I feel like the one of the issues comes like stems from people seeing all this work on social media yep. who aren't natural like people who have who haven't spent time in nature. Um, that's which is fine. Right. But it's it's people don't quite understand also that connection to it yet. Yeah. And yeah. so you have people go and visit Yosemite National Park or, or Glacier National Park. They see all these pictures. Um, but they've only ever lived in a city their whole life or like, don't understand, you know, like they're just not connected in that way. Yeah. So, you know, and so if you have, you know, photographers who see a picture, they book a flight, they do a thing, um, it's going to be much harder for them to connect to nature that way. Yeah. yeah um, definitely. And I, I, I feel like, uh, those sorts of situations, I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of photo workshops, asterisks good photo workshops yeah um they are opportunities to kind of be able to let go and have somebody guide you around um and give you an opportunity to just focus on like photography mm -hmm. um and you know or even doing like you know non-photography hikes and other things like that that would help you connect more um let go of the camera for a minute um but it's hard you know it's i get it people like have you know, schedules are tight. Like I said, you're traveling a lot. People have to plan and, and like, you know, you, if you get one weekend a month and you show up to your spot that you've been dreaming about for weeks and it sucks, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely. How would you define success in your photography? Oh, geez. You know, I have to be like really honest. Like it's not part of my vocabulary. Okay. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to cop out on no, you. No, no, that's, but... that's fine. Any answer is a good answer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure that I have compass points, you know, things mm -hmm. that are pointing me directions. Actually, there are, there's like 5,000 directions constantly, <laughs> but are they, I don't know, man. Are they, are they, are they meant? for success um i don't even know anymore you know um yeah. I, I i found that i think in my past success used to equal like engagement used to equal likes used to equal a lot of things that like yep. external external factors that have i've had to again come to like the zen like i have no control over those things anymore mm -hmm. um and so those sorts of successes I was imagining dictated what I was doing on social media and what I was doing with my work and, and sure. what I was doing in my head and what I was doing in my heart. Yeah. So I, th I feel like, uh, you know, COVID, man, COVID was a, was, was a big factor in a lot of, change like changing of brain chemicals we'll just say that you know okay like yep. the world changed and whether yep. it was like you know macro or micro and like i feel like there was a point 
that even for me, who was working in live events, that being my primary source of income mm -hmm. and doing photography and I was starting to teach and I was, I was pushing my photography business at the time. Yeah. So to, to have a world changing event that prevented people from being like next to people when I work in live events, um, I never thought, <laughs> I never thought something like that could occur. Right. Like, yeah, well, they, they took, took a lot wars, of surprise. Yeah. yeah. Wars, economic meltdown, all that stuff. Like sure. Live events, you know, there's still always like a bar with yeah. like people getting drunk, listening to somebody playing an instrument yeah. and you couldn't even do that. Yeah. So that, that was a, it, it was a big thing for me. It was like at the time up until COVID hit, I was flying in 2019. I had a hundred flights wow. or like 105 flights or something. I was traveling that much and yeah. I was, my career there was doing great, but I was busy. I was gone. And then it was like record scratch. Yeah. And <laughs> that was an opportunity to reflect, man, you know? Um, so what, you know, kind of coming back around to the idea of like success, like at that point, I didn't even know if I was going to have a job anymore or like yeah, my yeah. career. I, I didn't know if we were going to turn into zombies. Um, and like, I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. So I think that was an opportunity to let go of what success was and yeah, kind sure. of focus more on like, you know, keeping yourself fed a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like now with photography, after all that and, and kind of going through things, I, I think for me, it, it's, it's about releasing work. Um, it's like my new mantra, my new, you know, my, uh, my new vibe for the year is like produce, not, pro not so much produce more work. It's like finish and put out more work, um, Yeah, right. really, you know, like, and I, <laughs> I also was super lucky in between 2018 and 19, I shot a lot of photos. Um, I'm sitting on years of unedited images. Mm -hmm. So like getting back to this idea of like kind of circling back to planning and getting out and shooting, I've been leaning into like processing and working here, getting yeah, like the yeah. images I've already shot done. There's plenty of work to do there. Mm. Um, and I juggle that sometimes. Sometimes it's like, yeah, I could go out and chase the light, have that experience. But I've also now like amassed a lot of work that I'm really proud of that's not done yet. Yeah. And um I'm I take my time with my work. I let it marinate. I'm a I'm a I'm a you know, I like to smoke my meat, not microwave it, you know? Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> um so yeah, uh, that's long answer short. Or yeah, that's no that's, uh, as I say, any any answer is a good answer. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> in terms of I, I guess that expressionism in your art or the, the expression of a, an emotion, what is the primary emotion that you're trying to express with most of your images or does it depend on the image and it's it's just different every time uh, i feel that there is a a primary one but i'm not going to tell you what i think until oh you yeah i'm yeah okay i want to yeah I'm, i love to hear it um i i think sometimes it's excitement mm -hmm. i think it's i think a lot of times when like the images that I'm releasing like 90% of the time, my excitement behind the camera is like, is just jubilant. 
It's all yeah. over the place. Um, either in inside or outside. I've been known to 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 curse <laughs> and yell when I've seen certain things happen naturally yeah. before me. Um, so I think maybe that's the first one in my head is like excitement or, or, or something like that, you know, like, wow, look how beautiful nature is or, or wow, look, look what, you know, look at this show she's putting on. Um, so that's a, but yeah, man, I think that's kind of the first place I go. And, and, and like I said, I, 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 I attract, I'm attracted still to the big wide angle, like expansive unique views mm -hmm. um which i it's interesting because like my it also comes from my photographer like concert photography world where like yep. most of my work was either fisheye really wide angle bands lights crowd people having a great time or yeah, the whole scene. i used to 70 to 200 fingers on fretboards expressions small like so now in my yeah. in my nature work i'm like individual sweat beads dripping down the face yeah stuff. man so yeah. to me that's like the equivalent of like ultra wide fern in front of a you know a waterfall yeah. or or macro or really tight compressed more abstract stuff mm -hmm. and that's where i love to to be in my work um and to me that's kind of like extrapolating this almost psychedelic, almost, almost, you know, a, a otherworldly thing that is naturally occurring, you know, it's yeah. all around us. Um, of course, again, utilizing the tools we have to like really get that point across, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you pretty much yeah, know what I, you pretty much know what I was going to say, particularly with the, the wow, it's like, wow, check out what I'm able to see, check this out. You know, don't you wish you exactly. were <laughs> well, that's the beauty of photography, right? Is yeah. that um, it is kind of um, uh, it's kind of a selfish slash egotistical art form. It's like Absolutely. look, look at what I'm looking at. Yeah, and I think that's to me um, what's really powerful behind it. It's it's how I see the world in a frame, in a single. Yep square rectangle whatever you want it to be it's it's this is how i see the world right now um you know look at it <laughs> look at this photograph oh my god that's like that meme um <laughs> but yeah i i feel like it's it's almost our responsibility in a lot of ways it, or it is a responsibility if i could rephrase that as a photographer that it is how we are sh like show choosing to show people the world and absolutely yeah you know, um, I, I love to hear that I kind of got that across to you, you know. Oh, definitely, uh, definitely. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned you don't do a lot of composite work. Where do you, where do you sort of stand with uh, that enhancement of images? Obviously, there's a lot of people, you know, that I, I guess uh, right into that totally naturalistic, you know, his almost, almost a raw file view of, yeah, of the the image very minimal processing you said you take a long time in your processing that sounds to me like you're at the other end of the spectrum not necessarily adding color and light and other elements you know but i i guess where do you where do you sit on that spectrum or where do you feel you sit on that spectrum i uh, 
it, it's been a uh, it's been a moving target over the years. Um, I think currently, I, one of my main threads in that in that conversation is is mainly about if it couldn't happen, I I don't want to do it. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I no uh, no northern lights over uh, big Sur. the southern skies. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, I, you know, when I do my nightscape work, sometimes I'll, I'll shoot the Milky Way separately, but from the same location and it's natural and it can yep. happen because yep. I don't want to lie to anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't believe in lying. Like, you know, lying is a strong word, but people have the responsibility again, to be honest about the work they're putting out. Absolutely. Um, so I, that's, that's kind of my main bit. Like I've grown, I've grown some great relationships, uh, especially the last couple of years in web three with composite artists mm -hmm. who I, you know, like have grown to really respect more. And I've, I've been able to open my mind a little bit beyond what is just photography and, yep. you know, and, and art forms, but there are people who are like, they call themselves composite artists, you know, yeah. they're not or like, it's not like, yeah. mm -hmm. and they're also people. So I know some people like Kath Samard who like literally hike mountains to, to get the bits and pieces mm. like, yeah, sure. Her image might be composited, but it's not like an effort and time. Exactly. And that's a big one for me too, about things is to not be lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why my work takes so long. Mm -hmm. Um, less about perfection, more about not being lazy. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to take the time to clone out one dust speck, I better do them all. Cause that's just being lazy. If you don't, you know, exactly. I, I think it's kind of, I was like grown up. I was like brought up that way, you know, like uh -huh. yep. don't sweep it under the bed. Like why do a job? If you're not, you're not going to do a job. Well, don't do it at all. Yeah. So for me in processing, that's the reason why a lot of times it takes a lot, lot lots of time. Um, and it's, you know, I try to decipher it between creative vision and like technicalities. Mm -hmm. Like I try not to get perfection and, and all of that wrapped up in, in the creative bit, do my best. It's not, it's hard sometimes, but it's more so technic technical stuff, right? Uh, horizon lines, you know, edge lines, uh, you know, it's like, man, if you're going to, if you're going to spend the time, like, you know, I, you know, I, I want it to be technically perfect. I yeah. think that's more of a, more of a real thing I look for and, and is, is a constant goal to be technically perfect. Yeah. And that's just like any other skill in life, right? Like if you play guitar, or you're, you know, tennis player, or climber or hiker, there's perfection in technical skills that yeah you've got to put the do. hours in to get that technical capability exactly let your natural talent then shine through so in processing and getting better at it that's kind of always where you know um the beginning of my processing journey starts you know yeah um, okay in terms of where you live how you shoot what you shoot, and also a little bit about how you process, which is the most important to you in terms of what drives the other. So is it where you live drives what you shoot and therefore how you shoot, or is how you want to shoot drives where you live 
and then drives what you want to shoot. Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely, I, I, um, I would say, you know, I, I feel like the, I'm, I'm lucky to be in the location I'm in. Um, mm -hmm. like, and I've lucky been able to travel and kind of live a fairly, um, uh, non, non expensive life. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've, 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 I've prioritized certain things in my life, uh, that have given me opportunities to, to go to a lot of these places. Um, I, you know, I, there's, there's a chance that I won't always be here in Oregon my whole life. Um, I, as we get older, you start to realize those things sometimes. And, yep, yep. um, you know, for me, I, I would love to make a, a, a choice. Like that would be the dream, the, the like retirement, you know, quote unquote, would be me yep. being able to make a conscious choice to like move somewhere strictly for photography. Oh yeah. Wow. Um, I already know where it is. It's like central Southern Oregon coast. Okay. Yep. Uh, you know, it's on the coast. I, I love the ocean. I need to yeah, be. Yeah. I need to be driving distance from the ocean. So I guess that maybe kind of answers your question a little bit is, is I need to be able to like drive to the ocean um, yeah, wherever I yeah. live. Um, so like Utah, uh, it's beautiful, you know, desert, Arizona. Mm, I like to visit, but I love it. In the you Pacific don't want to live there. No, I don't want to live there. No. Um, I, it's like great, great, gray and rainy. Yep. Um, my skin isn't dry, you know, there's, there's all sorts of benefits. And I, uh, the Pacific ocean is just, I could, I could shoot only that my whole life, man. And yeah, yeah. I, I could find everything I would ever need to shoot up and down the Oregon coast. And I would be, I'd be happy, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Talk to I know me you love that. the seascapes, right? Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely a seascape guy. If I'm uh, if I don't regularly get knee deep in salt water, I've got a real problem. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's something that a lot of people don't like get to experience. Experience, yeah. And, you know the like it's a different type of shooting. I, I oh, you know like very, very much standing so. on a you know standing on like an edge cliff looking over like a valley's great and all, but you know you get on you know I don't know if you wear any sort of like wet uh, gator or uh, waders or like socks uh, or anything, I've, but I've got a set of uh, rock shoes which have got like um, they've got little cleats in the bottom studs on them. Yeah, yep. yeah. So they they they're made for rock. Uh, I have a, an affinity with rock fishermen, so we we get a lot of people okay. here around. Oh, that's cool. The, the coast that go fishing. And quite often they're the only other people I see at uh, you know pre-dawn because they're out there trying to snag a, a meal or whatever. I'm out there trying to snag a uh, a bit of light, and so yeah, I've I've got those. They're they're like neoprene uh, rock boots. And oh, uh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I'm stripping. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. You, like that sounds. I remember those days. Of like having a little place that you could go to, and the only yeah. other people there were like a local, you know, who was like yeah. fishing or something. And I mean, there's still there's still some nooks and crannies around me, but those are the days, man, where uh, you could still have those little secret spots. You know? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that's why I want to live on the Oregon coast because then I will know I'll have those spots too, right? Where the tourists. Yeah, that's aren't. exactly right. <laughs> Uh, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of places I can go where I can find uh, people if I if I want to. Yeah, there's always sure, yeah. There's always, I've always early morning job. Uh, are you are you in 
you're in australia or new zealand in in australia in, australia, in yeah. Sydney, so yeah in sydney oh man yeah i've it's it's been a dream of mine to get down there one of these days I'm, you should I'm come over. it's uh it's worthwhile <laughs> <laughs> i've actually i've actually what's uh you know beautiful thing about web3 and like i've been like i have grown my I've grown some great relationships with a lot of other artists, photographers all across the world, more so yeah. than any other social media that I've ever mm -hmm. had. And I've grown good friendships with people down there. And it's like really just really cool to get that vibe and your guys culture and things in the mix. And, and again, I'm, I'm in like DM threads with people across different time zones where it's like, people are tagging off like, all right, see you later United States. And then like the yeah. Aussies come in talk a bunch of shit all night. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> it's my first one. I'm actually surprised. I'm usually a potty mouth. So, um, but I'm, I'm envious. I, I've, I've, since I was a kid, I always wanted to, always wanted to visit there. Can't lie. It was probably Crocodile Dundee that made me want to go down. <laughs> well, to, I, I gotta say a lot of, a lot of that is sort of frowned on by Australians. They look at it and go, I'm yeah, sure that. I've realized you don't want to go down there and be like, you know, where's Peter? What's his name? I forget. Um, uh, it's a national treasure, isn't he? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I um, don't want to get beat up by anybody. No, that's right. I mean, if you if you do get down here, you know, hit me up and we'll uh, we'll definitely yeah, find, find a a little seascape spot. There's a there's a couple of little beaches I know. They they sometimes get crowded, but sometimes you can get there and you're the only person on the beach, and it's well, the it, beauty. I mean, I don't know about you, but the beauty of seascapes is like you don't need a lot. You don't need iconic things no. to shoot seascapes a lot of the times, um, and yeah. this is me being lucky that i have the coast here and i have lots of options but the reality is is i've some of my most favorite crazy wide angle shots were a couple stones in a foreground with something yep. in the background and some good light and a wave yeah and that was like nowhere near a popular spot right yeah. <clears throat> um and water water creates such unique compositions um you can come up with a hunt, come away with a hundred different images that you're like, that could be, you know, bangers as they say. Um, so I got, I got a hard drive full, full yeah, of, yeah, exactly. Bangers like, to be, I call them. Yeah. And you know, you know, it goes like you get a great composition and you can just lay on the shutter and every wave turn move is a new ooh, image. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of those like, yeah, of course you want to go see icons, but the coast, is changing all the time that even those icons are a lot different than the last time you were there because of erosion and waves and well, you know, just, whatever. You, you go there at, uh, say, six to eight weeks apart and the tides have changed. So everything oh, everything yeah. looks different in high tide than it does in low tide. And the, the mid tides look different to either of those. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's why I'm so drawn to it. And, and like, mm. and other, other colleagues, friends who are into seascapes, like, it's always that it's just a different, you know, there's so much dynamics there. There's so many changes so much that it's hard to get sick of. Mm. And like, I'm, I'm buddies with Nick page and, uh, yep. and I've done a couple, I did a workshop with him. Like I went on one with him on the Oregon coast and then helped him co-lead one once. And I've dipped in because like he always throws one near my birthday and I usually go on a, on a coastal run on my own and, 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 you know, you talk to him and, and like, he's taken people to these spots for years and years that like every year is different. 
Yeah. Every year is unique. Even he is somebody who never gets bored with it either. And, and, and like, so I, I love, I love seascapes and I love that as like the, you know, I love being able to introduce people to that too, you know, especially yeah, absolutely. Who, yeah. Have, and it's, who have never, never like never even seen the ocean who are photographers. And I'm like, God, you got to come here, you know? Um, yeah. And then we can go to a mountain and a river and a waterfall <laughs> a bunch of other things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's one of the reasons why I like where I am. I'm I'm kind of I'm about an hour's drive from the sea, but I'm also less well, slightly less than an hour's drive from some of the nicest uh, waterfall country here in in, in the oh, district. That's, so that's awesome. I, I can pick and choose depending if it's raining. I don't go to the beach. I go to the waterfalls. If it's mm -hmm. uh, looking like a, a sunny day, I'm down at the beach. So. Yeah, it's pretty it's a, it sounds very similar to here in portland this part of the pacific northwest man yeah not not quite the same dramatic uh changes in weather though where we're yeah we, yeah we, we do it's they used to be more stable but you know climate change and things yeah things. That's it. <laughs> weirdness um we don't get a lot of snow though occasionally uh up on the blue mountains which is the that waterfall region i was talking about we we do get the yeah it's a dusting, it, you know. <laughs> it's a crazy experience because I remember the first time I moved out here from the East Coast and went up to Mount Hood, our, one of our main volcanic mountain over here, um, and in August put my feet in snow for mm -hmm. the first time, you know, or if I yeah. guess for you that'd be whatever your peak of summer is. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and it was like, wow, this is, I've never experienced something like that. Um, it's it's pretty wild, man. It's It's really really lucky blessed to be out here um i i will only leave here if i have to sure <laughs> if you know what i mean what's your most memorable shooting experience one of my most memorable images huh um it's a really hard one i think i, I have to go with this image howling dog's throne mm -hmm. um it was actually it was the first time that i actually got to meet nick page Okay. And I was on a workshop with him. Um, and this, this image, like this experience of, of seeing, like, um, let me kind of set the story here. We, we had been out shooting waterfalls all day and mm -hmm. it had been really overcast and crappy out. And we were about half an hour inland. And it was like, okay, guys, like, let's, you know, let's pack it up. Let's start heading back, you know, try to get sunset. And everybody, it was like, really kind of bums the location of this place this is here i am knocking icons and and now i'm like talking about an iconic location as being one of my most memorable images so sure. um but this place bandon bandon oregon um yep. and so everybody was you know really excited and it was really gray and everybody was really bummed and then we got to the location just as the clouds were breaking enough on the sky um that the sun started to peek through and yep. there's another image I have called rise and I actually released three of these images shot the same night as like a, as one of my, um, one-on-one NFT drops. And yep. this first image rise is actually the, um, the conditions that we like had walked up to and I had never, I mean, it was just, it was one of those, wow, just, I couldn't, even really think of what to do when I first saw the skies at this point. 
Yeah, right. So this image, Howling Dog's Throne, though, this was one of those <clears throat> this was one of those images that I was verbally excited about. <laughs> Definitely uh dropped many, many F bombs. And like the sky just kept morphing and changing and the reflections were shimmering and and moving and it was just this experience of being with a couple other people too um that i think help like help that memory be something even more you know like it was something that all of us had you know a couple of us have been there numerous times this was like the um this was like the third time i'd been there but the first time out with Nick and it was like, I, I, you know, had always wanted to go to this place, but this situation of like everything lining up, having like the perfect amount of water in front of it reflecting and the sky, like I, I have so many images from this night. Um, but this one for me was kind of just, you know, was the cream of the crop in terms of like, I've never seen conditions like this before at this location ever since now i'm sure there are others like it but this one's mine <laughs> this one this is my memory sure. um so yeah i mean that's i think a lot of it has to do with like this is 2018 i really started to settle in as like seascapes and like shooting the, the ocean shooting the sea yep. Like that's when I really like the passion really started to, to form. And this trip had a big, big part in that. And Nick had a big part in that, in my yeah. Yeah. photographic path. Um, cool. So I guess, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, it's one of my most memorable photos. There are so many more. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's cool to have like some like an image like that as a creator, be able to bring you back. And, yeah, and I feel like I do spend some time, like sometimes I open up Lightroom and just scroll back through old, old catalogs or old, you know, um, old collections or, you know, like, and I'll just look at them just kind of more like a memory based thing, in that yeah. way, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and, and like, that's kind of like my editing process sometimes too. Like some days I kind of like to go to, like we have, you know, uh, with thrift shops, I'm, I don't know if you have, I'm sure you yeah, know, yeah. Sorry, I'm not talking, I'm not talking like a third world country, but like, yeah, thrift shops, right? Where you, yeah, like, yeah, we, we I, I'm going to go, sh I'm going to go shopping, but I don't know what I'm going to get. Yeah. Right. So, you know, like a thrift shop, like you go in and you're like, Ooh, pair of boots that fit me. Ooh, look at this, uh, blender that I've always wanted that works. Yep. Um, sometimes that's my editing, like flow is like, I'll open up Lightroom look at my catalog and kind of find something that like tickles my fancy, you know, like something that I want to sink my teeth into a little bit. And, yeah, that's um, cool. and like, I, I spend a lot of time organizing also, I wouldn't say time, but I put a lot of effort in building dynamic collections in, in Lightroom. Um, mm -hmm. lots of filtering, lots of things. I have like a editing queue. I'm, I'm very workflow oriented, even yeah, though right. when I actually get down and do it, I'm very fluid. Um, so I kind of like, I build workflows for myself 
yep. so I can let when I can let go when I want to actually create. Yeah, right. and I think I think it's kind of goes back to my life. You know, my it goes back to my experience playing and teaching music. It's this mm -hmm. idea of like, like improvise. Like if you want to improvise music and you want to, you know, solo or play jazz or do whatever, yeah. right? Like if you want to create music on the fly, you spend all this time practicing doing scales. Yeah, um, you, need, you need to understand the music to be able to and and how to make it to be able to improvise and take it to the next level. Yeah, exactly. So um, I have some very not I wouldn't say rigid workflows, but structures that I've built on my process from from um, shooting to to export. Yeah, that I I lean on and I allow it allows me to have less anxiety about editing yep um it allows me to like okay if i if i have an urge to do a certain type of work one day i know what folders or what work i have in in the editing queue yeah, that i can i can kind of like work on you know yeah i i guess talking about the workflow is there anything in particular that you might do that you think might be different to others and if so why do you do those if it's not different, I guess what 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 does the workflow look like? For example, if you you've just turned up at uh, your one of your favorite spots and off you go, what are you looking for? What are you what are you thinking? Oh, okay. So what, you know, you, where are you going to put your tripod? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, my workflow in the fields has a lot to do with trying to observe light. I think. Yep. The first goal is like looking at how light is hitting things in the background, mid-ground, foreground. Um, kind of like trying to anticipate where it's going to be, yep. um, you know, to try to plan and start to look for compositions. Uh -huh. um, and then once I, once I find you know, a couple of compositions I'm into is kind of when I start to pull the camera out. Depends how late I am. <clears throat> if I showed, you know, if I'm just like, oh God, I got to pull the camera out and start shooting. But I try not to. I try to like walk around, look at things, calm down, mm -hmm. you know, breathe a little bit. Because um, usually you're excited. Um, yeah. Like, oh yeah. God, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to, you know. Look, look at this in front of me. I want to yeah. show that to somebody. Exactly. So, calming down finding your you know um i'm a i'm a big proponent of flow state you know mm -hmm. i've never looked or looked into flow state or heard people talk about it but it also comes from music i think it comes from my time mm -hmm. playing and improvising and being in a state where your brain is like fully receptive to everything and get being in a state where creating is like a dopamine hit almost yeah. it's like yeah. and when you can like leverage all parts of your brain like memory um you know mechanics and creativity like it can stimulate you and i Absolutely. think um that goes is always like the, the the dragon that's being chased in the field i feel like um trying yeah. to be calm but also trying to flow and trying to like move with things and try to pay attention and as you know, shooting seascapes, like you have to keep your head on a swivel. Yep. You have to constantly be looking if you're shooting near water ever. You know, um, I have lost gear 
almost lost my life. I've, I've seen people get, you know, you know, it's, you can, you can like, you need to pay attention when you're shooting near dangerous things like that. And I feel like being able to like center yourself and just calm down and take a moment to like walk around is a very big part of my like workflow sure. like that. And then when it comes to shooting, um, I'm, I'm like, I try to try to, I'll say, I don't do it all the time, but if I'm shooting more wide angle shots, tri tripod type, my typical style of work, I'm, I'm shooting for exposures and then I'm shooting for focus stacks and yep. I always shoot them in the same order. You know, I try to like get my base exposure and then make sure I'm not clipping my highlights if I yep. need to get some more shadow detail i'll take another exposure and then if i'm going to focus stack you know go go get my closest shot rip through the shots and then review them yeah and then yeah. if it's like a situation with like seascapes where you're not so much focus stacking as much and you're taking a bunch of water water shots um you know it's I'll, I'll try to not beat the dead horse and try to like take enough that i feel really good about and then move on and explore but yeah. I try to like have that process. So I'm not fumbling with my camera. I'm not, I'm not spending too much time doing and spending my energy and, and like self creating, you know, um, which yeah. goes back to like taking the time at home, getting comfortable with your equipment. I spent, I remember back when I first started shooting, like I'd spend so much time in the lab, just pulling a camera out on a tripod next to me on the computer looking, hitting buttons, taking pictures and like Trying taking to it out to my, you know, exactly. And this is me thinking like a musician or thinking like really even in my live event world and the skills yep. that I'm doing, it's all about repetition and, and, and comfort. You know, you want to, yeah. you don't want the instrument, the tool, the paintbrush to get in the way of creating. So yeah, being, being able to, you know, use, use your equipment in the dark. So when mm -hmm. You know, even down to where you put your filters. I I have a, a four or five pocket filter bag, and every time exactly. I take a filter off, it goes back in the place it came out of. So that I know tomorrow morning when it's dark, yeah. I can go to that pocket, and that filter will be the right one. Well, you um, hope you hope it's there. I hope uh, it's that's, there. Yeah. That's that's my problem. Is I'm like I knew it was there. I, <laughs> but I was gonna I was gonna say too. Um, I am exceptionally anal about my pack. Not, yep. not so much, like more so like I put a lot of energy into how, what, where, when, and how, why, you know, where everything goes. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I've been using F-stop packs for years and I have multiple inserts for different things I'd be doing. And mm -hmm. I used to do a lot, like I used to... Um, do more time lapse. I was doing do videos sometimes. I have different packs, different kits to bring with me. Yeah, right. but like it's all about like repetition and keeping things in a in a structure form that don't need to be creative, right? Yeah. Like you don't need to waste your time being creative, uh, setting up your pack every day. You know, right. like yep. so <clears throat> coming, spending the time finding that works for you going out and shooting and then taking back, like taking that time. Like when we talk about workflow, the most important part is kind of doing some debrief on what you just went through. Yeah. So that's, that's where it's like, 
getting your images, calling them. Like I call most of my images or at least start rating stuff as fast mm -hmm. as possible. Yep. And then they'll sit forever. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, but like with the, you know, you know, getting these non-creative, like annoying things yep. into work, personal workflows um, will make you grow as a photographer faster than you can imagine. Absolutely. And it, it will make photography be more fun and you could be more creative if you do like boring, create uncreative stuff at other times. Right. So exactly. it's just that it's that same idea of like, you want to do a triple Lutz. Well, you got to go a double Lutz first. So, yeah. Well, you gotta, you gotta nail the sink first and then the, then the double. Yeah, you gotta be able to ice skate first. So, yeah. you know, um, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a work. I, 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 I like, I taught a couple, um, I did a couple, uh, taught a couple digital courses during COVID about workflow. And it's kind of one of my more like I'm, div I, it's, I haven't been able to work on it much this year, but it is my, maybe another one of my 2023 goals is like, I want to actually put out some classes and courses about this idea of workflow. Yeah. And yeah. the, and this idea of creative flow and how they're like intertwined um, yeah. and like how to find flow state by doing rigid, repeatable workflow things, you know, cause absolutely. Um, I think the magic is when you're out with people and people get to experience that first time of being completely in the zone, as some say, you know, mm. the, the, the true flow state, it's just a magical experience. And, um, I just hope people get to, you know, you can experience it in all places in your life. Once you understand how to recognize it. Absolutely. So, you could you can be in the zone doing dishes. You can yep. be in the zone vacuuming, and once you start to see those points in your life, I feel like it also it it to me it was life changing. Um, mm. It was one of those. It actually one of <laughs> what got what kind of put me on to flow state was um, listening to a podcast with Alistair Ben. I think it was the yep. first time I heard about it. And then again, I heard about it with, um, Guy Tal, just, you can, I could listen to him talk so much and I love, he just gets me excited about creating to hear the almost like mathematical science <clears throat> interpretation of it. I don't yeah. know what it is about it, but like, that's, it just jazzes me up to like, mm -hmm. think about thinking like that, you know? And it was in 2020 where I was like, you know, COVID had hit, I kind of was in that point of like lockdown where I was like, well, I've eaten everything. I played all the video games. I've done all the things. Now I finished what? Netflix. Yeah, I finished all, I found the end of Netflix. Even. <laughs> now what do I do? And I started working on my website. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to finally build my own website from the ground up. And I spent most 2020 doing that. But I also was like, I was having issues being like productive anymore. It was in that point where I was just like, okay, I need to put on real pants and do something. Yeah. yeah. But I couldn't. And then I, I found, um, I, I heard about this and I started researching a little bit about flow state. And then I found this podcast that's called flow state. Mm -hmm. Um, that is he, uh, the guy who produces it 
is a uh, DJ music producer producer. Um, and he's also studies philosophy and psychology cool. and essentially he puts together, he does, um, his podcast is based around this thing called the Pomodoro method. I've okay. heard of that before. I have heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's this concept of doing 15, 30 minutes of like focused work yep. and five minute breaks, right. Or, or mm -hmm. some amount of like fixed amount of breaks. So yeah. the idea is, is like turn off all all distractions all screens except for the task at hand and and focus on that and what he does is he produces pl musical playlists to help drive you through that work session yeah right and in between the breaks he talks about people who write <clears throat> write and study flow state and other sorts of um topics like that and he's a very uh -huh. like well-worded person and he has turned me on to other writers and other podcasts and other ideas. And that was a point where I, I started to see how, you know, we have these cycles of you can focus on a specific task at hand yeah. and you have to be, you have to be clear about the tasks and you have to put the effort into like, do the pre-production, uh, as we yeah, say. You gotta know what you're doing when you exactly. start. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but you need to be challenged enough. You need to have enough, like, you don't want it to be too easy. You don't get yeah. in a flow state by things being simple. They need to be hard enough for you to feel like you accomplished something. Mm. Um, but not so hard that you can't because then you get frustrated and now you're not in flow state anymore. Exactly. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, I, I feel like i just, even the other day I was listening to a podcast with Guy Tao and I hear this guy talk and I, I just love, he gets me excited about photography and creating differently than any other photographer. Awesome. And his work is amazing too. You know, yeah. that's a whole other thing. It's like, it's cool to be that, <clears throat> to get that, to get that excitement from something other than just somebody's work. You know? Absolutely. And I hope, I hope one day to hit that point for somebody, you know, um, to be able to have the work and the, the art, I don't know, or stand yeah. on their different. Well, I, I learned something from you this morning. <laughs> so I was looking through uh, your, your Twitter feed for um, a, a couple of hints on uh, something to ask you about, and one of the one of the things that jumped out of me was uh, a recent tweet that you put up about uh, negative ions and their beneficial impact on people, and the way that waterfalls and you know, ocean spray and all the rest of that contains these negative ions. Talk to me about that because I, it, it just sounds interesting. And I know a lot of people might think, oh, yeah, it's just pseudoscience and all the rest of that. But I, I guess I'm, I'm interested to know more. Yeah. So this new, this new project I've been working on negative ions, um, something I'm just releasing tomorrow. I'm not sure when this podcast comes out, but it's mid January. Um, and the, I got turned on to the idea of like negative ions from an old photographer friend I used to follow on Instagram. And, oh. you know, it was one of those, like, you know, this idea that waterfalls can be healing, but mm -hmm. there's actually like pure, there's actually like science behind, and this is me speaking as a non-scientist, but there are, science behind and physics behind the idea of how <clears throat> how molecules could be ionized when they're physically slammed into each other and so situations like 
or, or, or um, scenes like waterfalls and waves crashing and water. Water is a big source of this because they're simple molecules and, you know, uh, it's easy for them to lose an electron, which essentially that electron attaches to an air molecule and then makes that molecule the actual negative ion. So it's like negatively charged and it attaches itself to heavier ions and heavier molecules and makes them fall to the ground and in which case filters the air around it. Um, and it's one of those like, no duh, right? Like if you've ever gone to a waterfall and a little stream or anything, big one, small one, mm -hmm. usually feel pretty good. And there's probably many reasons why, right? Like whether it was a walk or just being out in nature, all these things. But for me, this, this topic of negative ions is giving me like a creative thread to, to release, um, different sets of images that are going to kind of just be related to this concept of negative ions, but not all be the same style or type of image. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this first set of images are all waterfalls. Um, and I, you know, they're, again, I'm lucky to have, I have a lot of waterfall images where I live. So these are, these are, these, I'm, well, I'm release, releasing a total of five images and they're in different different quantities different supplies for pe people yeah. um and each one represents a point in my life where i had kind of experienced you know the therapeutic benefits of being like in nature at that waterfall yeah. and the beauty of being an uh, like a nature photographer is that we usually get to experience these phenomenon with our camera so it again seems like a great opportunity to like have a creative theme to release work for, and most of the work's already been shot. It's more so organiza organizationally allows me to finally have like I don't put out a lot of images anymore unless there is a theme or some story behind them. Yeah, right. Um, I I don't post a lot on most of the social medias anymore unless I have something to say. Mm -hmm. Um. And that's been kind of a process of me letting go of having the engagement and, and, you know, I, I just, now I just, I want to, the work I put out, I want to have intention behind it. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, that's a, it's a fun, fun project I'm working on. I'm like, it's been so much work to put together a successful drop in web three and NFTs. Like, um, especially considering the market and where we're at and like it takes it takes a lot to pull them off and i'm hoping it goes well it starts tomorrow but i i put a lot of effort in in again like i said the intention behind what i'm doing with my work and to try to make the art be the number one priority yeah I got um, but it's it's kind of like it's, uh, i go back to music writing songs coming up with an idea and you want to like you want to like you could write a simple song with a sentence but you kind of want to you know you want to flesh that out you know or you mm. want to you want to elaborate on that and there's something to be said you know or even if you look at it like songs on an album it's maybe yep. more of a better a better example of like like yeah you listen to one song but you can't beat like a great album you know you can't beat yeah, there's the no effort, like somebody yeah, puts there's in the effort to choose 
choose which songs go where. And, you know, a lot of times an album, there could be 20 tracks and they make it seven. Right. So to me, I, I, I think it's, it's one of the things I've really enjoyed in web three art for me has been a push to come up with an idea of a collection. And, and I know people have been doing this in galleries forever. Um, I just have not been a successful fine art print salesperson. You know, I've had more success in digital art Um, and coming from the dredges of Instagram and Facebook. Like I've been able to now have a platform to put together work in different forms like that um, and have it mean something a little bit more than just being like pretty picture. Yeah. Cool. How do you handle hitting creative walls? Oh, I think the creative wall thing, one of the biggest breakthroughs I had was the flow state um, example I was talking about earlier, like figuring out a way to work through efficiently blocks is really important, especially when you need to get stuff done. Right. Absolutely. Um, When it's a passion thing, it's a little harder because there's no like, there's no deadline. There's nobody like poking you saying, I need you to be more creative and productive. Jordan, I know, but finding a way to like workflows for me, I lean back on them to help get through ruts and blocks, you know, and being able to figure out a way to practice finding um, like a flow state with your Mm -hmm. work will again, like if you can get away from the anxiety of creating if you can take the tools and get them out of your way if you're good enough with the paintbrush like it's not there anymore yep. and then all you're left with at that point hopefully is the ability to create um but this isn't always possible sometimes it takes stepping away sometimes it takes there there's like longer threads in the story too like i feel like in short term there is creative blocks that happen that you can like deal with, yep. but in a longer story, it's more of an ebb and flow where in some points in my life, I'm very productive. Yep. In some points in my life, I'm very creative, you know? So yeah. I've, I've learned to lean on them. I'm like, I kind of take my temperature and go, you know, Oh, why can't I process images right now? Oh, it's because I need to get outside and make them. Yeah. Um, and vice versa. Sometimes it's like I, I'm I'm totally jazz and stoked on editing, or or like I know I need to focus in that zone, and I can tell, not all the time, but I can tell as I get better at this where my vibe is at. Um, okay. Good. And a lot of times it comes down to like when you acknowledge that you're hitting a wall. Mm. That's the that's where you do something else, right? Or that's, yeah, I that's think the... that first step of recognition is yeah. critical because if you what don't is... recognize it, you kind of just run into them. <laughs> yeah. What do they say about um, addicts? First step of recovery is admitting you have a problem, I guess, Absolutely. or whatever. Yeah. whatever. Yeah. I, I definitely <laughs> have a problem. You know, <laughs> photography is an addiction. Oh, it is? You <laughs> and know, sometimes um, an it expensive is... one. It can be, yeah. You know? Um, it is its own sort of dopamine hit. I, you know, we can't deny that fact. And acknowledging those things help you, I think, work through 
Like a lot of times when you hit creative blocks or times like that, they're they're auxiliary to the actual art, you know? Yep. And a lot of times it's it's maybe you're not skilled enough to work through it. You know, maybe it's a I don't you know, it, it could be you not being able to make an image look a certain way or you don't even know where to start with an image. You know, it's yeah. it's they all they're all their unique situations. So I would highly suggest people look into like I said, flow state, this idea, you know, you can check out this podcast. It's really simple. If you're not into the type of music he does, um, you can always just make your own music playlists, you know, 30 minute music playlists. Absolutely. Hit start, do a thing, you know, yeah. maybe that's, um, I, I'm a huge fan of, uh, photography tutorials. It's another great way to like break yourself out of a rut is to start learning, learn okay. a new skill challenge yourself there, you know, go, go and support, you know, an artist you really like and go buy their tutorial. And that can really help break me out of a rut sometimes too. Yeah, totally. Where do you see the future of photography going? Mm -hmm. This is where my, sorry. This is where my pessimistic Jordan hat might come on. I don't know. Um, it's hard. I, the future of photography, I hope robots don't take over. That's my <laughs> biggest one. I'm, I'm worried I, about the. I, I, I have a, a I, I guess, I don't, I don't know whether you call it a theory, but a, 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 a preposition that people will always want to be creative. They will always want to get outdoors. And unless the outdoors becomes so totally unpleasant that you don't want to go out there, then. You know, you might have a robot do it. <laughs> you might have a robot do it, but you know, to be honest, it, it for for me personally, it's one of the reasons why I haven't bought a drone. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, the connection. Yeah, right on. Between, the connection between being in a place, being able to see that, envision that, and then capture that, take it back, process it in a certain way. For me, putting a robot like a drone or anything else, whether I'm controlling it or it's AI controlling it. I, it, it just loses something in my personal opinion. Now, I love drone photography. I think some of it is absolutely fantastic. So I'm not knocking that. But for me, as a creator, I'm sitting there going, it's not what I want to do. You know, same, same very, as I, I don't want to necessarily go and take wildlife shots or portraits, you know, landscape. I'm the, I'm, I'm the same way with drones, man. I, I bought one, shot around. It was fun. It was exciting. Almost crashed it a couple times, yeah. but yeah. I I realized I it took me away from the experience. It's, it's like, that separation. Yeah, and and anytime I'm like, okay, get the drone. Can I fly here? The thing is the battery charged. Oh my god, what's that? Okay, you know, that is the antithesis of the shooting experience I want to have. Yeah, like it's already exciting enough. There's already enough stress, and like. I don't want to be worried about if I'm bothering anybody. I don't want to worry, you know, like, so I, I feel you. That's, it goes back to, yeah, like just, you know, uh, finding the thing you're really passionate about, you know, and, and just leaning into that. Yeah. But I guess that, that, that goes to the point that <clears throat> I, I think humans will always want to be creative and therefore Definitely. there will always be a place for it. And humans will always mm -hmm. want to see. Well, maybe they won't, you know, in the future. And that might that may be the death of landscape photography. You know, that people well, don't want to see human human created images. If I took a more optimistic, more more positive view on it, 
I feel like the more AI generated stuff should make human made things worth more or valued better, you know, valued more, however you want to look at it. But it's, you know, you sure you might be able to like, like I've seen some AI that looks perfect, like perfect photography, especially not so much landscapes yet, but a lot of portraiture stuff that makes me go, Oh, you know, Um, I, I can and, see real threats for, say, product photography and maybe... Or graphic design. Or graphic, graphic design or any of that sort of, like, that would normally be made by somebody. And, yeah. and the same deal. I have oh, a buddy I think, who's, I like... that creative uh, aspect is going to... The, the, mm-hmm. the handmade graphic design, the handmade uh, sort of product shoot is probably yep. at at some risk. I doubt, though necessarily that it's gonna it's not gonna evaporate in the next five minutes but, but. it's it's kind of like i feel like napster or like you remember back in the day when digital yeah. music came in where That's it was like oh god the recording industry's hey, done well, well, photography's been dead for every well, year for the last when stock years. stock photography died right and then everybody exactly. was like oh god photography's dead i understand that there is a bit of that and but it, the only issue is when those if you look back at any of those things large amounts of people lost their jobs for a very small amount of something. And yep. this small amount of something happens to be like a robot. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm overgeneralizing, but yeah, you yeah. Know, it, it's cool that people now have the ability to create more. I'm a big fan of creating, be creative, make things. Yep. Um, but it's also important, like I said earlier, about being honest and truthful with your work. And like, we need to, differentiate i think when ai work is being used over lens-based work or whatever yeah um but that's my you know i guess can semi-negative pessimistic optimistic viewpoint i feel like in photography i'm you know I'm, i'm really interested to know overall how the photography industry is doing um yeah i've the, the last two years for me i've been mainly in web3 so I have I put a lot of effort and energy there in this part of my photography path, and it's not always going to be like that. Um, and but I've also spent other time with teaching workshops and conferences, and and uh, and seeing the Instagram worlds. And, and now that I don't spend a lot of time on Instagram, I'm just kind of like I wonder what the future is. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm I wonder I'm hoping workshops are doing well for people still. You know, I think that's always always going to be another one is like until we cannot go places you know um the future of photography is still the experience and sharing those experiences with people um but yeah i i feel like you know it's it's interesting because i feel like four or five years ago there was such an explosion of like photographers and people teaching and starting youtube channels absolutely et cetera et cetera et cetera right and now I'm reflecting on it and I'm seeing, and you look at workshops, you look at like in like real world teaching scenarios, I'm seeing less younger people. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's just me getting older because I used to be the younger person, but it's more like, I just, I wonder if that's carrying through in the younger generations, like our new landscape photographers coming in, like we have, you know, they're always going to be attrition and there's always going to be younger people. Are they coming in on the right? Are they being, are they coming in with the right values? Mm-hmm. Um, are, are they, are they going to be coming in carrying on this next steps of the industry and the next steps of nature photography? Um, I have again, lots of skepticism about that. 
Because, yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's even like Instagram. I've been noticing that everybody, <clears throat> there's a trend with Instagram of people zooming into planets on exact yeah. locations of places yeah. where yeah. like three or four years ago, we were like finally getting to a place where people stop putting locations on things. Yeah. And, and I'm like, what happened in like two years now? It's popular again. Is it because like us old geezers aren't like shaming them constantly or i just i don't know it's it's like this is the hard parts you know it's it's we give the world an opportunity to maybe breathe a second and then as soon as it's done breathing like we take more air from it and yeah yeah that's a hard one so i don't know i feel like it's on the elders and and the people who are you know who have been here working and doing those things to like try to teach the young bucks how to i don't know i don't know i don't know where i'm going with that i'm feeling old today i'm sorry um, which i'm not that old i swear but um that's that's kind of where i'm at on on the future of photography i am excited about it i, I still love it and i i still believe in people getting to experience the joy of photography and and like i i can only hope people more more people get to do it um yeah yeah but the experience that's the thing that needs to stay with us you know it's it's uh no no computer can take that away right absolutely yeah, yeah. And, and that that for me is where i see that that passion that people have like yourself and and people like guy talent etc you know the that's never going to go away i don't think and as long as people yeah feel creative want to get out there and experience the world and and show it to other people that that that'll always be there as, as i say there's probably some risks in other other forms of photography potentially but yeah yeah i mean it's i it's kind of we have a cool little bubble here right like mm. people who are like commissioned working all the time i this kind of goes back to earlier like i was talking about being like amateur versus professional or full-time yep. versus part-time and and like and like i i still don't know if i'd ever want to be full-time nature photography because it would take something away from that yeah and i still think that you know ai and all these other things might play a role in that but I, it's important that like you know nature we're kind of lucky in nature photography that we're not having have to deal with clients like any other photography form based. Yeah, you know. the, the, the trees and the waves and the rocks don't talk back, you know, and don't exactly. demand anything from you. But but they don't pay that well either. No, know? that's exactly um, it. So. <laughs> Making money out of them is uh, is is a challenge. Yeah. yeah, man. If you could go back and uh, talk to the 10 or 12-year-old Jordan, what would you tell him? Buy Apple stock? I don't know. Um <laughs> um geez i think i think i would tell 12 year old jordan that you're gonna you're gonna do what you want to do yeah um i've been blessed to be able to 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 live a life that i'm i'm like genuinely is like mine like um i'm doing what i love mm -hmm. i have i'm passionate about it i'm 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 getting to do things that have like some of the events that I've worked on over the years have been so big that I can't even talk about them. You know, um, yeah. I've been able to work on stages that I never would be able to play music on. Mm -hmm. um, I've been able to visit 
an experienced natural phenomenon that has blown my mind and, and been able to like, yeah, I would tell Jordan that it's going to be okay, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, buy Apple stock, <laughs> you know, buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin, a whole bunch of it in 2000, whatever, uh, 2011 or, uh, you know, I just, yeah, I think of, uh, I think of back to the future, you know, <laughs> you know, um, and, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm lucky to say that I could say to Jordan, I'm 12 years old that like, you're, you're going to end up doing like the things you want to be doing, you know, and just keep at it and it's going to be okay, man. That's fantastic. Are there any photographers you think I should be talking to? Guy Tal's obviously one of them. Yeah, def I mean, any any chance you get for him, man, he's great. Yeah. Um. I yeah, I love Guy Tal. Um. I always love hearing from Alistair Ben. He's a great guy. Ha has he been yeah. on yours? Yeah, yeah. he's. Yeah. He's okay. Yeah. I got to look oh. at your list, right? Because it's you got a pretty good list going for yourself. I'm, I'm trying trying to build it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, I've also got a very long. I, I'll never run out of people to talk to. That'll. Yeah. I'm sure, right? Like, I'm a really big fan of Ian Plant. Have you heard okay. of him before? I can't say I have. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a really creative guy. He's and he teaches. He's based in like North Dakota or something. Okay. But he's he's a pretty well known photographer. Great teacher. He's got a really he's really big on composition. Yep. Uh, you know, another good good person to reach out to would be like Michael Sadovsky. Um, he's a good, he's a buddy too in the web three space mind's eye. Yep. Um, he's got a really great style. Ruben Wu would be great. I mean, I can, yep. there's some people, I mean, there's so many great people, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I got one more question for you and it's very much a topical issue for, uh, many photographers. <clears throat> okay. You like pineapple on pizza? Definitely. I love pineapple on pizza and I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll fight that one to the death. I mean, who cares? Uh, and this is coming from, I, I grew up in New York. I'm uh -huh. somebody who could rightfully tell you that I've had the best pizza ever. Okay. And I know that is also pretty damn American and egotistical to say, um, but I'll tell have you, you been, have you been to Naples? <laughs> I have not, <laughs> I have not. Um, but pineapple and pizza works for me. Uh, I won't discriminate on, on things like that. Um, the question is, is the water being used to make the bread? Ah, uh, very much so. That's the magic. Very good. All right, well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today, Jordan. It's been wonderful getting to know you a little bit better and finding out more about what you do. And how Man, man I appreciate it, yeah. Yeah, yeah where can man. people find your work? Oh, well, you can check me out at Jordan Ingley on pretty much all the socials. Um, jordaningley.com is a place you can find out more for me, too. Um, and I'm pretty active on Twitter. And it's kind of like the best place to reach out is uh, is is Twitter right now. But, okay. you know, if you're on Instagram, Jordan Ingley, I'm there. And um, I'm like my DMs are open. So if you ever ever want to reach out, ask a question, complain tell me my work is to something you can you can do that <laughs> tell you tell you it's it's, it's been photoshopped <laughs> yeah it's been hey your your image was photoshopped uh, yes yes sir it was yes yes it was
That's, that's exactly my response. <laughs> and then, then block. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah but again, Grant, thank you so much, man. You know, it's good, good talking with you and, and I appreciate what you're doing with your podcast and, and it's really important. I think keeping, you know, putting, putting that content, putting that content out isn't easy so I can yeah. appreciate everything you're doing. And this really helps the photography community at large. So oh, thank you. Thank, too. thank you, Jordan. And, uh, thank, thanks very much for, for taking the time to, you know, sit here and uh, have a chat with me. Thanks again for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work in this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Vero, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne. Hope to see you out shooting soon. Mm -hmm.